0: Welcome to Global River Church sermon of the week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Okay. How you guys doing okay? Steel? Yes. Some of you are probably thinking, "Oh no, that guy again." <laughs> Let's go. Let's go right to 1st Corinthians 16. Um, that song, the, uh, One More in the Fire, is a, a very good song. Are you ready to be in the fire? Yes, yes. You know, we hear through the scriptures when the people went through some stuff, they started, they started to shake a little bit. Even John the Baptist, when he was in prison, he kind of asked the question, are you the right guy? How come i still here? How come they're going you know, to they kill me and you're not doing nothing about it? And there was a little bit doubt there of, uh, in John's heart, thinking, did I pick the right guy? Peter says, uh, I will never deny you, Lord. But when the, when the time came, he kind of gave up a little bit. So that we have to... So that we have to really be be ready to, when we say, not the one in the fire, that you're ready to, when you go through, you know that you're not alone, that he is with you. So, Father, I just thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what we already have received. And I pray, Father God, that the word that you have for us now, today, that you help us to, to let us sit in our hearts and know that you are a truthful God, that you are the one who we trust in what, you, what is in the Word. Lord, it has been written, it has been written. As Jesus says, it has written. So, Lord, that we don't need to doubt, or we don't need to be confused about it. Your words is true, and we follow your Word. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The, the, the title of the message today is Defend the Truth. I will know that we need to defend the truth. What is the truth? <laughs> amen. We're living in a time that we must stand and defend it. One side is amen, the other one is very quiet. I don't know if you're defending or not, but I can tell you we're living in a time that we've got to defend the truth and we've got to defend it together. Because if one side yes and the other one says no, we are going the wrong direction. So let's. I just had two verses. This church, by the way, Lisa mentioned something about one preaches this way and one this way, one that, but this church preached the word. Yeah. Are you here last week? Yeah. Pastor Bishop, I was counting, I don't know, probably some of, some of them there was a repeater, but over 100 verses in the Bible that he chose last week. Over the paper that we have, a lot of scriptures. So we need to stand one of the thing in the conference that we heard was that this guy was preaching, and in the end, the pastor came to him and says, "I didn't know that you're going to use so much scriptures. I mean, if you're going to use so much scriptures," And he goes, "Well, why you have done it. Why have you not used the Bible then? The reason I'm preaching the word is because it's the word. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians 16, two verses, very short. Be in your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. Be in your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. I heard something this week that uh, kind of uh, made me a little bit alarmed, kind of. Also got me kind of sad, I think. Um, What I heard. As you know, many churches has been closed down under the excuse of COVID. I want to ask you a question. How many of you know or believe this word? We believe it. As Bishop preached last week, it is written, I do not believe that any demon from hell, Satan himself, of anyone is able to shorten my life or to stand my life. Why is that? Because it is written. It is written. God says that he, not sickness, not COVID, not government, no one have decided how many days I'm going to live in this world. God himself is the one. So, why do we fall into this thing of closing churches or not going to church because I'm afraid of, of dying? Listen. Why were you afraid of dying? I mean, what is the reason? You don't have to be afraid of dying because you, the Bible says that you already have been dead. And you are alive in Christ forever. Forever. So we don't need to worry about anything. I'm not saying that you should thank God. You do what you need to do, but you don't have to have any fear. Fear comes from Satan. Fear is not from God. I heard a sister... She had a dream that she had, or a vision. I don't remember what it was. But she says she had, a, like, a dream, and, and this, this humongous tiger was coming to destroy the people, and, and there was f- furious, how do you say, furious, whatever. Big, big, la, big uh, uh, tiger, and, and everybody was kind of going back in a fray, and all of a sudden she remembered, but I have Jesus. And she screamed out and says, in the name of Jesus, Stop and the, the thing turned on his back and it was a little tiny little kitty cat. A kitty cat. And that's what Satan does. Satan is an illusion. He makes himself look big and many of God's people are afraid of this illusion because he makes himself to look big and strong. But he's not. He is under your feet. He's, he's under the control of Jesus Christ. In Jesus, he has no power. Now, don't try to confront it by yourself. But in Jesus, he has no power over God's people. So I heard these things, and I, I truly, my belief is that many of these people, without knowing, I'm not, I'm not trying to, and i probably be very careful with this, I'm not trying to say anything rather than what I feel the Lord is saying to me. Many of these people have, are given, given to, a, to fear. They have given to fear. And because of that, the excuse is, well, you know, we got to deep because the government's put this law and this and this and that. Let me tell you something. God had called his people to worship him. Why is it we're giving in to the pressure of government or the pressure of any sickness when when God created? You remember in in, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, Acts, and then chapter 4? Somebody got healed. People went crazy. And they started gathering together. And these religious people, or whoever was in authority, got the disciples together and said, listen, you need to stop this nonsense. You know, we don't want you to be gathering like this. And Peter stood there in front of them and he says, let me ask you a question. Decide for yourself who you think is right. It is right to obey you, or obey God. And this is what we need to do. You, you need to stand for what you believe. You need to stand and say, who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what the Word says? Am I going to do what the government says? Or am I going to do what God says? I'm going to worship the Lord regardless what the Word says, regardless what other people says. And you need to stand up. You need to say, you need to defend that and say, I'm a child of God, and God has called me to worship him and to honor him, to glorify him. And we, he called us to be together. Doesn't it say that in, in Hebrew yes. 10? It says, you need to be, get together, especially now, especially at this time. So why is it that we have this fear so the question was that I heard, why go to church? Why, why would you go to church? Did you, have asked, did you have asked yourself that question? Did you have asked yourself that question, why would go to church? Or somebody else have asked you that question, why would you go to church? You know, when I heard that, that question is very tricky it's almost like when Satan or the snake asked Eve in the garden. He says, did God really say that you should not eat from any of those trees? Think of that question. It's a trick question. It is a trap. It is. I don't care who it is coming from, but a question like that is a trap because if you don't know how to answer, they will trap you. They will trick you. To believe that it's okay for you to stay home, that it's okay for you to be watching TV, that it's okay for you to watch Pastor Tom and Pastor Willie, and your comfort of your home and a couch and no sandals and no shoes and maybe your pajamas and the cup of coffee and the radio over there and the kids running over there, it's a trick. Brothers and sisters, if it's one time that God wants these people to gather together, this is the time. This is the time that we must come together. Do not let yourself be deceived by Satan or by anyone who tells you up there, why you go to church? I mean, look at this. I stay home. It's wonderful. I love it. I love to stay home and just watch them. Oh, yeah? That is just like a wearing that... that Sometimes at home I use different words, Pastor time, so I can't use it here with my wife. It's like using this mask thing, whatever. Uh I mean, think about it. You're breathing your own stuff. (laughs) Did you know that I need to touch, that we are, God created us to touch, to feel. God created us. I need you. You need me. You have germs that I don't have. I have germs that you don't have. My germs, fight your germs. Don't let this, this craziness allow you to live in a, in, in a cocoon that when, when you come out, if I breathe on you, you die. <laughs> I mean, any little thing would take your life away because your immune system is good for nothing. I told I many times I say this, the reason, I mean, I don't look it. I know you guys think I'm 20, but I'm 64. (laughs) But I don't get sick. I don't. For one thing, I never catch anything that I don't like. I don't go around catching cold or catching this. I don't like that, so I don't catch it. I don't. But for one thing is that I, I grew up in the country, the Dominican Republic. My immune system is like a bull. I mean, I don't, I don't get sick at all. Thank you, Jesus. We go to different nations. We go to third world countries. And all the American people, oh, I don't eat this, don't eat that. I just don't feel good. And there goes Pastor Willie like nothing, eating everything and enjoying everything. I don't get sick of nothing. I have a strong immune system because I grew up not washing your hands a million times a day and doing this and, this and using all these, all these chemicals to try to make yourself clean. They're infecting you. I don't believe all that craziness. I know we have a doctor in the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus i believe in jesus i believe that he is my protector i believe that he covers me i believe that god himself has said listen i i will protect you no matter where you go and the fire water the fire he will be with me so i trust the lord why the bible says that that you can all this stuff and when you pray he didn't say, well, eat poison, it's okay. No, when you bless it, when you say, I bless this in the name of Jesus, Lord, and I believe that you will clean the things up, and, and I'm going to eat it. For whatever reason, you're going to eat it. Not tempting God, and God will sanctify whatever you're eating. I believe it. I, blindly, I believe that. I believe the Word. I, I just convinced myself that this is the Word of God. If it is the Word of God... Why is it we're questioning? You don't question it. Just do what it says. And that's it. (laughs) So so my answer to you, when somebody asks, why would you go to church? Why do you go to church? My answer to you is, God's children. God's children. Now, I... I'm sorry to say this, but it's a lot of time, it's a lot of people in the church that they are not God's children. We're going to read a a scripture of why I say that. It's a lot of people in the church that they are not God's children. I'm not pointing anybody. I guess I believe that I am one of them. I don't know what you believe. (laughs) I pray to God. I'm, I'm trembling in fear and say, Lord Jesus, I pray that one day when I depart this world... You're not going to say me, I don't know you, because that would be very bad. <laughs> so I believe that I'm one of them. I'm one of the God's children. Amen. So my answer to you, why do we go to church? God, God, yeah, we came as children to worship right. our Father, yeah. to worship yeah. our God. As children, we came to church to worship the King of Kings, to worship the Lord of Lords, to worship the God of Heaven, the great I am. It's no any other reason that we are here together. It is to worship. It is to honor the Lord. It is to dance for him. It is to show Satan that God's children dance in the house of the Lord. That we are free to dance. That we can jump and shout and tell the whole world, I serve my God and the King of Kings. Nobody's going to tell me to to just sit there or do nothing or don't come to church because this sickness is covered and when somebody speak too loud, some coming to your face, and then you're going to get sick. You know why? I don't get sick of nothing. Come on, brother. Give me a hug. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, no mask, no nothing. I don't. Come on. Let's, let's dance for Jesus. Let's stand for him. Let's worship him. Let's tell the whole world we're not going to stop. I am sick and tired telling people, saying, oh, it's, you know, you don't understand. No you don't understand. Amen. You don't understand. Right. We serve a God who says in the word, I will protect you. No matter where you go, no matter where you where you are. You'll be blessed where. I tell you if I if I had a video, or when I was little, walking in woods with no shirts, no shoes just a short and I'll ever think that I will be blessed like this ever (laughs) but he blessed me there he blessed me in the city of New York City he blessed me in the country North Carolina he blessed me everywhere I go why am I going to doubt that you don't doubt that It's in his word. You got to believe it. Jesus. So we come to the church to worship the Lord. To glorify him. When we we worship the Lord, when we glorify him, blessings come to his children. When you you glorify, when you come to worship the Lord and honoring him, we as children receive blessings and through that worship and the honoring and praising God if somebody is in the house who, does, who is unbeliever that brings conviction and they say I want to have what they have I want to be like them I've been locked in my house for fear but they've been worshipped all together and look at them they've been blessed so that bring understanding and fear and unbeliever and says, I, I don't need to be locked up in the house no more. I can just be free like them and worship the Lord. So I want to keep my life to Jesus. Is anyone in the house who needs to keep their life to Jesus? Today is the day, the Bible says, do not leave the house without you surrendering your life to the Lord. For he will bless you and your family. You and your household will be blessed. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But let me tell you, if we're going to worship the Lord, and we want to glorify God in everything we do, Jesus Christ must be, must be the Lord of your life. It's too many people claiming that Jesus Christ is my Savior. It's like having a fire insurance. You just have a fire insurance, but you have not surrendered to him. In order for him to be my savior, I have to surrender, and he is my Lord. He is the one who controls my actions. He is the one who controls my doing, whatever. And everything I do and say has got to be approved by him, by the Lord. He is the Lord. Lord means he owns me. And I cannot do nothing. I'm not not free to do anything that I want. I am free to do everything that he wants me to do. But not me. So you got to surrender. You got to surrender all to him, everything to him, because he's got to be the Lord of your life. You must yield to the Holy Spirit. As Pastor Tan said earlier, you must yield to the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, and you just have Christ as your Savior, but not as Lord, you do not have the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry to tell you. He's got to be your Savior and your Lord. In order for him to trust you with the secrets of heaven. Gives you the Holy Spirit. Without him being Lord of your life, I'm sorry to say this, but it's a lot of people wavering different way like a snake. And I tell you, sometimes I say jokes, I probably have said it before, and I don't want to say anything against somebody who likes to say jokes because... You got you to believe that you, that you have died when you give your life to Christ, that you're no longer alive, that he is your life, not you. These two little boys were was, was playing in the yard, running around, and they found a snake in the yard. And they ran to the father and said, father, daddy, daddy, there's a, a snake in the yard. So the father came running with a shovel and chopped the head off of the snake. And the snake keep moving. And one of the little kids says to the other kids, oh my God, it's still alive. And the other kid says, no, she's not. She's dead. She just not believe it. She doesn't believe it. (laughs) And many of us are the same way. You have no clue that you, you've, been, you've been crucified. You're already dead in Christ, but you're still flapping like a fish out of the water thinking that you can make it. You're not going to make it without Christ. You're not going to be able to do it. You need to surrender everything. You need to say, Lord, I have tried to do it myself, but there's no way that I can do this without you. I need you. So you have already been dead. And you gotta understand that you're already dead, and you need to stop flapping by yourself and surrender it to the Lord and say, "Lord, I give up." Jesus. So why did I say that? And sometimes you find people in the Word, people in the and and the church that they not really belong to Him. And 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 uh, Luke six forty six says, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord?" Listen to that. That's, that's Jesus' words, not Pastor Willie. Jesus said it. Why will you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say, or you do not obey me? Very strong word. If you're in church, and you're not obeying what you're reading, which is his word, if you're not obeying what the Holy Spirit is telling you, If you have, if he is your Lord, the Holy Spirit is in you. There is no doubt about it. That's a promise. It's a promise. From God, not from pastors. The Holy Spirit in you is like a needle in your car. You ever see your car? You ever watch, I don't know, I guess most everybody drives. But when you're driving, if you go too fast, the needle goes up, right? If you go slow, the needle goes down. The engine light checks in or whatever if you don't have this or you have that. When you just say Christ is your savior but he's not your Lord, your engine is probably without oil. Your needle is not moving. And you're doing things and you have no clue that you think you're okay. Okay. Because Christ is not your Lord and the needle is not moving. You're stuck. You're stuck in the in, in, in in situation where you think everything is okay. I can do this. Well, oh, I think it's okay. Well, you think it's okay because you don't have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that needle that tells you immediately when something is wrong in your life. Yeah. And you need to make sure that Christ is your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Not just my Savior. I would love to have that. I would love to just have a paycheck. You, you ever seen the teachers today? Teachers. Uh, it's on teachers. TV. <laughs> I mean, all the schools are closed, but the teachers are getting paid. The teachers are getting paid. Jen. Sorry. You going to talk to me. Okay, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Woo. She's working. No, no, she's working. But some places... Don't I would love to just stay home every day and every week receive a paycheck? And past time, I can be at home and says, Well, past time, I work from home. But in the meantime, I'm mowing my grass, jumping in the pool, watch a show here and there, talk on the phone, and getting paid every week. And past time, I'm working. The Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not saying anything to you, I can tell you with a, with a clear conscience and a good heart, you're not safe. You're not safe. And that's the reason we have to defend the word, defend the truth. I'm not here, like we went to the conference, I, you know, we, we, don't, we don't come here to tickle people's ears. We have a responsibility as pastors, as leaders, to let you know this is the way that God says it, not me, not inventing it. So we need to get our life straight and right with God so that we don't get surprised and and find ourselves in the smoking area. (laughs) Do you ever... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We want we <laughs> we want to be where it's air conditioned. right? It's <laughs> not too hot. <laughs> Jesus, yes. <laughs> so we come to the church. To honor and glorify the Lord, our Lord, to worship. We, we, in a worship service, we should lift up our Lord. Lift up the Lord, giving Him all the praise and all the glory. And that will build up the saints, build up our brothers and sisters. But we're not here to puff up the participants. I love, I don't know if you guys watch uh, Wednesday night or, or you're here. I love what Amy Binsack shared Wednesday night. Oh, my goodness. I was home, but I watched it. My wife and I watched it. It was amazing how she connect, how we, we have to be connected to God. But that connection with God, if we're not touching like this, basically, you're not doing nothing. So... That connection with God, that intimate time with God is at home, in my closet here when I lock myself up, or or in your house. You have that intimate time with God, and it is you and Him, as you listen to Him, as you pray to Him, as you're talking to the Lord, that, 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 that time is just for you and the Lord. And what a wonderful time is that. But if that's the only thing you do, and if you come to the church and all of a sudden you just want to connect to the Lord and not touching anybody, you're not doing nothing. So we must, we must have that relationship with God, that intimate time with Him. But I have to now touch the people around me. Now the problem that Satan will deceive people is that we don't have to have this one. We just got to do this one. Please everybody, make sure you don't offend people, make sure you hug them, make sure they come back to church. make sure that they, they get offended. that's not the word of God. If you're doing something wrong, I need to offend you with the word and tell you what God says about that. Amen. And I love you in the, and I love you in the mix of all that. Yes, I hug you, but I'm going to tell you you got to stop because if you call yourself a believer and you continue doing that, you're not a believer. You are lying. You are lying. Because the Holy Spirit in you will not allow you to continue that way. It doesn't. I mean, the Bible is very clear. The Holy Spirit will not allow you to continue that way. If the needle is not moving, you're running out of oil. Or out of gas, Whatever. So be, be very careful. So let's go back to the text of uh, 1 Corinthians 16. But before, I'm sorry, before I do that, before I go there, I had a dream uh, just before we went to the conference. No, no, I'm sorry. I was, uh, we were already over there. We left Thursday and uh, we went to the, to the first meeting. And then and that night in the hotel, I had a dream. I don't remember exactly the dream, but I remember exactly in the end of the dream, the Lord says, in the dream, I said, the Lord says, read Jew 4 to 6. I have read Jew many times, I just didn't remember what it says. And um, so we get up in the morning, we go to this uh, breakfast, and I kind of forgot to read it. And when I was in the conference, they they mentioned something that triggered me to remember that I had a dream. And immediately said to my wife, oh, my God, I had a dream last night, and I need to read Jude 4 6. Look what it says. For certain individual, individuals whose condemnation is written about long ago have secretly slipped among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and denying Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. In other words, he destroyed those who did not obey. If you don't obey, you don't believe. And if you don't believe, you're not a son or a daughter. He says, But later destroy those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their their positions of authority, but abandoned their, their proper dwelling, this he... Meaning God, he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. I... So what is Paul's warning to the church today? What is Paul's warning us today? This is not a message for, for, for... For you and not for me. This is not a message for everybody else and not for leaders or pastors. This is a message for me, for you, for every person that call themselves believers. For every person who say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. For every person, every human being. Not just me or you, for every person. And I always take the Bible like William Wood says personally. I, I take the Bible not for my neighbors or for my wife or see what the see what pastor says? No no. no. I take it for me because it is for me. Yes. Yes. And that's why I try as hard as I can to live according to what the word says. Amen. I'm not there yet, believe me. But I I do the I don't want to say the best I can. <laughs> I do everything within my strength and my power to be able to stay within the word. So, what is Paul saying to you today? He's saying, be in your guard. What does that mean? What does that mean, being your guard? That means that you need to have your bazookas and your rifles and all this stuff, your weapons already loaded and be in your guard, And I'm not talking about that kind of weapon because we know who we fight against, right? Amen. We know who we fight against. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Right. But, you know, we think that way. We think as a human being that way. So how I stand in guard? I have to be ready 100%, 24-7, all the time. Satan is looking for a moment or a reason or how he can trip you. The Bible says it clearly in, in, in Luke 4, 13. After he used all the temptation against Jesus, what did he say there? He left until another opportunity. He's waiting. He's looking. He's circling you around you, finding out, how can I trip this person? How can I make them do something that they're not supposed to do? So you, you just, just got to be aware you had to be on guard all the time 24 seven no matter where you are sleeping or watching TV, whatever you do, you got to be on guard. I told you a long time ago, way back my, ma- my my mother my wife I was watching TV, actually the news, fax news Jesus <laughs> That was a long time ago, okay and um she 's brushing her teeth and i 'm already in bed watching the news, and here comes this commercial from uh, Ghost Gym, wonderful commercial. But they were showing a young girl with this outfit, some kind of uh, exercise thing. And I'm saying to my wife in a nice way, I say, "Hun, this is crazy. They show a commercial for Ghost Gym, but they're just showing this girl. And my wife is very sweet. My wife is very, very nice. But she has a um, sword this big (laughs) that goes right through you with a sweetness, (laughs) with with honey on her feet. And she says to me, brushing her teeth, and she goes, "Yeah, I know, hon." And that they put it there for men like you to watch it. I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> I say, "I know." <laughs> Jesus, see what I mean? Even the news, even no matter what you watch, you got to watch what comes through your eyes, what you see. That is one of my prayers every day. I say, Lord Jesus, don't let me see anything that I don't need to see. Don't let me hear anything that I don't need to hear. Don't let me say anything that I don't need to say. Just protect me, protect my eyes, protect my ears, protect my mouth. Because you can be contaminated by any little thing that you might get. And Satan knows it. He knows it. He knows that immediately, if you just little bit came to your mind, immediately he gets. He said, ah, maybe I don't get you today, but I will get you later. Because I know now what's in your mind. I know now what's going on in your mind when you see something like that. So, brothers and sisters, we need to clean up our act, clean up our mind. We, we are in a time where you need to defend the truth of God and say, I am no longer that person. I am no longer that person. I'm already dead to all that stuff. I'm alive in Christ. Christ lives in me, not the world. <laughs> Jesus. So, we got to make sure, be in your guard. So what does it mean? Constantly watch. You be watchful. You got to be alert. You got to be careful with the spiritual enemies that are trying to come and slip in and, and destroy us. Destroy the church. What way? Which way the enemy can come? And he brings division. Division is one of the things that is destroying families. Division destroying the churches. Division is destroying this nation. Division, the Bible says very clearly. A house divided cannot be able to stand. You cannot be able to, to live together. You cannot be able to have a family if you are divided. So division is one of the, one of the main weapons. Pride. I'm better than somebody else. I compete with this person and I was better. I'm doing better than that. Pride. Secret sin. Oh my God, secret sin. But don't tell anybody these things, because if a pastor confronts somebody, they leave the church. So this person is very, I mean, this person tithes a lot of money, and that person keeps donation, so therefore we can't touch him. Just just listen. Just just be careful. (laughs) Secret sin in the church. Hiding sin in the church. I'm not saying that this is going on here. I'm just saying to you that we as leaders, we watch, and we look things, and we know. So we, as as the body of Christ, we need to make sure I have to stand clean before God. I have to be sure that my heart is pure, my hands are clean, my eyes are only shut to the world, and I only can see Jesus. But you have to. There's no way around that. Secrecy, disorder in the church. Yeah, now I'm going to give you something that I think is got to be the worst weapon for the church. Way back, Satan persecuted the church, and they split; they went everywhere. He realized that that didn't work because we then we started sharing the gospel everywhere he went. But what did he do? He learned. He joined the church. He says, I got to destroy them from, with them. They have to fight among each other. They have to compete among each other. If I, if I get to for them to disagree with one another, I won. And how he does that? By bringing... A wrong theology, a wrong teaching inside the church. That's right, this church. That's right, Global River Church. Before we bring anybody to this pulpit, Pastor as a senior pastor, make sure. Who is that person? Why does that person believe? Yes. What is the testimony? Yes. Brothers and sisters, if you listen to somebody on, on TV or whatever you do or visit somebody, you got to be sure. That the Holy Spirit in you will testify with what they're speaking. Because this day and time is the time that Satan has slipped somebody in the church and bring a wrong theology. And let me tell you, why we be deceived? Because they're using the word. They twist the word to deceive you. Or you can stay at home. Stay at home. Don't worry. It's the same thing. I mean, you hear the same message. Why not, Jesus? (laughs) You got to stay firm. Second thing uh, that Paul says is that you you got to stay firm in what you believe. Stay firm in what you believe. So you gotta you gotta ask yourself that question: What is it that you believe? What is it you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? Do you believe that? Do you believe that he died for your sins, for our sins? Do you believe that? Do you believe that he was buried and rose again to give you life? Do you believe in the gospel? So don't let anybody shake you with that. Don't let anybody tell you it's a different gospel. Or you can, you can, you can be free a different way. Or you can go to heaven if you do this and you do that. No, that is a lie from hell. And the only way you go to heaven is through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no way around that. Whoever tells you that is lying to you. Paul says, this is the gospel. For what I receive, I pass it on to you as, as of first and importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. According to Pastor Willie's gospel? No. According to the scriptures. According to what is written. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Not newspaper, not what the government says, not what whoever says it, no, according to what is written, Amen. the Bible, what is written in the Word. Romans 1, 16, 17 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul saying. Are you ashamed of the gospel? I, I, Jesus help me. I, I'm, I'm a little bit different, I guess, than some people. I, not that I hate, but I'm telling you, I don't like it. You go to any, any settings or churches or conference, and they, they go through. If somebody, somebody's here who wants to give their lives to the Lord, okay, everybody bow the head. Close your eyes. Nobody's looking. Just slip your hands up. and Like they immediately, almost like they're saying, don't do it. Don't, don't, we're not going to shame you. Don't, don't, what is that? You tell me, what is that? Are you ashamed to say, I'm a sinner and I need a savior? Listen, when I got saved in this church, I ran like 10 times. Every time they say, do you want to be saved? I got saved like 10 times in this church. (laughs) I ran to the front. I remember Tom Camacho was preaching, and I ran there and I, I was crying like crazy snuck out of my, 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 my nose and my face it was a mess and I said I just want to receive Christ like that 10 times <laughs> it worked <laughs> Jesus you know why <laughs> because I believe the word and I remember the pastor Pastor Steve I was a sorry anyway I was a different religion before <laughs> and, uh, and Pastor Steve says, anybody who comes from that type of religion, I, I'm sure he was kidding, Pastor Steve. And he says, Any, anybody who comes from that type of religion need to be saved seven times. <laughs> <laughs> so every time they came, you know, so I ran to the front and keep my life to the Lord over and over and over. Because I believe that he was reading the word. I believe that he was telling the truth. You don't find that, but uh, hey, if your life has not changed, it, maybe you need to be saved again. Maybe you didn't need to be saved 10 times. Because <laughs> some, they, they told me that I can stay here till 1 o'clock. Don't worry, we're a little bit more than halfway. Jesus. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> for I am not ashamed of the gospel Paul says because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes yes. how can you be ashamed of that how can I if somebody sent over here and says Pastor Willie, I want to pay your mortgage but don't don't let anybody make sure you bow down your head and nobody watch it because you should be ashamed of that you think I'm going to be ashamed of that I will run over everybody and run over here and says, give me the check <laughs> Keep me the check. It's the same thing. When you receive Christ, you have a debt that you cannot pay. You, you're going straight to hell. How can you be embarrassed to come running to the front and say, I'm a sinner and I give my life to Jesus? And you gotta say publicly, don't be afraid of that. So I, I don't I don't like it when somebody says, Bow your head, lift your hand. Nobody watching. I I don't I don't bow my head and I don't watch either, but I I don't I don't I don't, I don't pray that. If you're going to receive Christ and one of the pastors was really meeting, you better run to the front. You better come because otherwise you, you won't get saved. Because I will tell you, you better come to the front and give your life to Jesus right in front of everybody. And let everybody know over here that if they don't have Christ, they also need to run in the front. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me in front of all these sinners, what do you think I'm going to do in front of my Father? I'm going to be ashamed of you too. So we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed to say, Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he has has redeemed my life. He has cleaned up my mess. Not me. So don't be ashamed. Jesus, help us. Woo! (laughs) Jesus. Where, Where was I? I don't remember now. (laughs) first to the Jew he says then to the Gentile for the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as that is written the righteous will live by faith but today today everybody kind of has an opinion on how to be saved the Word of God is not an opinion. This Word is the Word of God, and your opinion is good for nothing. Your opinion doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't line up with the Word. Your opinion is a, is a, is a trash. Because everything you do, everything you say, if it doesn't line with this Word, is good for nothing. It's good for nothing. So you have to make sure the word of God is not an opinion. Yes, right. Jesus says in John 14:6. My first, my many people has one verse, I have the whole chapter. 14, chapter 14, John 14 is my chapter. Maybe yours too, but it is my chapter. When I read that chapter, my eyes was open, my life changed. And everything was for the glory of God. I just went home and I was in fire. And I keep telling my wife, oh my God, you got to read this, thing, this word because I was blind. Completely blind and lost. But that chapter opened my eyes. And I was able to understand the word of God. John fourteen six says, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. And the life. Not somebody else says that. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he finished that by saying, no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. You trying to change that? You are trying to change that with opinion? You are trying to change that by telling God different stories? God says to you and to every human being, only through my son our Lord Jesus Christ, because He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except comes through Him. It is written in the Bible. In Acts ten thirty nine 39, 43, it says, we are witness of everything. This is the, the apostles talking. We are witness of everything He did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed Him by hanging Him on the cross. But God raised Him from the dead. And the third day... And the third day, and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by everybody or by all the people, but by witnesses whom God has already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He command us to preach to the people. And to testify that he is the one whom God appointed appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So don't, don't, don't let anybody confuse you with anything else. That's write the, the title of the message. is: We must defend the truth. We must. We live in a time as Christians, you must defend the truth. And Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Yes, right. Be courageous. That's number three in things that Paul says. Be courageous so that we can stand against false teachers and deal with sin and the congregation. Amen. This is the hardest thing many times for not, I don't believe that, this, that we are that kind of church. I think, not to pat ourselves in the back, but I think you are blessed to be in a church like Global River. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm not saying this because I'm one of the pastors, and I want you to pat, myself, pat me in the back, or I, want, or I want your tithe or your offerings. I don't want any of that. I can go back and drive that dump truck that I used to drive and clear Clear big lots and whatever, trees and big excavators and bulldozers. I love that. I loved it. So I'm not here to tickle your ear. So to try to tell you, well, listen, make sure. No, no. Our church, this church, Global River Church, is standing the word from Pastor time all the way to the smaller leader they have in the church. And we're trying to convey that message to everybody who is part of this church. We are here. We don't miss this word. We don't try to trickle you or, or water it down so that you can be happy about it. No. No, 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 We don't do that. So you are in the right place. You are in a church who believes in the word, who try as hard as we can to live by the word and do everything by the word. So you got to thank God for that because today you don't have that. Many churches are not dealing with sin in the church. Many churches let them just slap by, go by, but I'm going to tell you something. Paul did not mix any words or trick or trick anyone. Where was I? <laughs> Paul did not mix any words or trick or anyone or tickle anyone's ears when we are singing in the congregation. Did you know that? Paul did not, did not try to smooth it out and say, well, you know, it's okay. Let's, let's work with this person. You know what he says? 1 Corinthians 5.1. You can read it. You can put it up there. 1 Corinthians 5.1. He says that it's actually reported that there is a sexual morality among you. And of a kind, and not even pagans. Not even pagans. Do not tolerate. And then he wanted to say. Keep this person to Satan. Let Satan torment him. Keep him out of the. Kick it out of the church. But if we do that today. You have. Half of the church. Stabbing the pastors in the back. And say how can you do that to that person. What you don't know is that probably we as leaders, Pastor Tom, myself, or whoever, have ministered to that person probably for months trying to get them right. But they continue that way. What are you going to do? You're going to say, You know what? I have wasted my time with you. It's time for you to get a lesson. When you fix the situation, you can come back. I love you, but not like that. I love you but your life has to be changed. So brothers and sisters, sometimes it's, it's time that the church, There's leaders in the church, we need to stand for the truth and say, this is not going to allow in the church, this is not going to happen here. If you belong to this house, I love you. I love you enough to tell you that that is wrong and you need to change. Yes, right. yes. So we need to, we need to understand that there is no, we, we, we can't smooth it out, we can't just, Paul did not do that. Paul was very strong and very courageous, and he says, this got to stop. So be strong. It's another word that Paul used. Be strong. Do not give in to the pressure of government or unbelievers. Do what, what the word says, regardless of what other people do or say you got to do what the word says, regardless of what the government says, regardless of what other people says, the non-believers will tell you about the word. you got to stay within the word. Believe what you have believed. Don't let anybody shake that from you. Do everything with love. That's the last thing he says. Do everything with love. Without love, you and I will be a prideful noisemakers. you know that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's basically what it is. Without love you be just encouraging yourself and patting yourself in the back, making yourself look good, and you're just making noise. Amen. But we have to love. It's, the love has got to come straight from the Father that we love everything we do in love. Whatever we do, we must, it must be done is unto Him for His glory and for His honor. Let's finish with this uh, uh, Psalm 115 verse 1. Woo, Jesus, I finished before one, Pastor Tom. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 115, verse 1, it says, Not to us, not to us, Lord, Lord, not to us, but to your name, but to your name be the glory, because your love and faithfulness. So let us not take credit. Let us not be patting ourselves in the back. Let us us humble ourselves and always, always for singing, for preaching, for studying, for whatever you do, for clothes you wear, always thank Him and glorify Him because He has given you what you have, the ability to do anything you do. It comes from Him and all the glory and praise to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand.